Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar. Uh, at this point I would say with your with your hosts, myself, Rory and Mark Broadhurst, but of course as you can see there is no Mark Broadhurst, he's away unfortunately, So, but we're very lucky to be joined by Paul McGarrigy, um, Over the Bar chief editor and Spanish expert and, of course, Manchester City fan. Uh, but, yeah, thanks very much, Paul, for jumping in at the uh, the 11th hour to uh, to help me out. Um, but we're also very lucky that we've got a fantastic guest lined up who we'll introduce in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, another fantastic weekend of Bundesliga football that's just, uh, that's just gone by. Um, you can tell I'm wearing a Dortmund top, but obviously this weekend it's all a bit about... Uh, the champions Bayern Munich as a result of the Dortmund win, of course, but they uh, they did the business anyway themselves later on that uh, that Saturday. Um, so yeah, so we'll be talking all about the champions and uh, all the the key games in terms of the top four race and the relegation race. So uh, Paul's just going to very quickly go through the the results of uh, match day thirty two, and then uh, then we'll introduce our guests. So yeah, Paul, over to you for the results. Thanks very much, Rory. I will try my best to uh, fill in for Mark here, so bear with me. Uh, obviously, on the Friday night game, it was uh, a 2-1 win for Stuttgart over Augsburg. Uh, then the early kickoff on the Saturday, as Rory's mentioned, um, you know, defined the season for one team that wasn't yet playing, but Borussia Dortmund beat uh, RB Leipzig 3-2, which meant that uh, by the time Bayern Munich kicked off, they were already champions. Hoffenheim uh, overcame Schalke 4-2. Uh, Wolfsburg beat Union Berlin 3-0. And uh, we had Werder Bremen uh, nil and uh, Bayer Leverkusen nil before the late kickoff, which was newly crowned champions. Bayern Munich 6-0 demolition uh, of Borussia Mönchengladbach. Sunday morning, early kickoff, uh, FC Cologne uh, with a 4-1 defeat at home to FC Freiburg. Uh, Frankfurt drew one all with Mainz and uh, the late kickoff on the Sunday was Hertha Berlin nil and Armenia Bielefeld nil. Good stuff. Thank you very much for that, Paul. So, yeah, without further ado, we'll we'll get in our our fresh guest. Uh, we haven't had one for a little while, actually, and been working working hard behind the scenes to try and get uh, this particular individual on, and we're very happy to have him on. So, in a sec, we'll we'll bring in Fergal uh, of Halbvier Fanzine. Um, evening, Fergal. You're right. Yeah. Hi, Rory. Hi, Paul. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah. All yeah. All, all good here after. Another fun fold Bundesliga weekend. Absolutely. So, Fergal, we'll just give you a bit of an intro before we get into the actual football. So, obviously, you're uh, you're kind of the editor in chief. Obviously, the the owner of Halbvier Fanzine. Um, so, obviously, uh, a fanzine of German football for an English speaking audience. Uh, obviously, you can find Fergal at uh, on Twitter. He's at uh, Halbvier UK, or just search for that in uh, obviously the search function um, and obviously his website for all his fanzine um, magazines are at halbvier.bigcartel.com and just to let everyone know that issue six of the fanzine is coming out very soon it's coming out on the 21st of may so that's a week friday so everyone keep your eyes peeled for that 
But uh, anyway, enough of the introductions. We'll, we'll kind of crack on with our featured four section. That's what we've got you in here for, Fergal, to chat uh, some good Bundesliga action. So, Paul, do you want to just introduce uh, our, obviously our first game? Yeah, absolutely. So the first game, as we mentioned, was the three-two uh, win for Borussia Dortmund against RB Leipzig. A huge game at the top end of the table, which had uh, implications for another team that weren't playing at the time. But uh, Rory, what do you want to start off with? Should we start off with the, the meaning of the result or how it came about? Um, I mean, obviously, I think everyone kind of understands how how big the game was for for the team. Obviously, the the colours that I'm sporting this evening. Uh, no, I'm not a, a Dortmund fan. I, I just like their kits. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was obviously an a crucially important game for, for Dortmund themselves. They're probably one of the form teams in the league at the moment. Um, so I, I guess I'll kind of pass it on to you, Fergal, um, whether you saw the game or not. Um, but A, did you kind of expect a Dortmund win again with the fact that RB Leipzig, I suppose, had the opportunity to delay the, the title party for a little bit longer but uh yeah it was obviously an, an important game which which produced in terms of entertainment as well oh yeah it was re re really enjoyable game i suppose when i when i saw the team lineups and the fact that rb had kind of changed i think four from the starting lineup i i kind of thought they'd one if one eye if not two eyes on the cup final the Pokal cup final later this week fact that to secure the Champions League for football for next season and Bayern mm -hmm. winning the Bundesliga was only uh, for Marcy. So I thought the game probably meant more to Bruce, well, far more to Bruce Dortmund. And they, they they showed that, especially going into 2 0 lead, Royce early goal, and then a second goal just after half time. I must admit, when RB got two, brought it back to 2 all. I could only see one team winning, and that that was from Leipzig. So it was very much against her on a play with that late winner for Dortmund. But fair, yeah. fair play to them, it, it keeps them in in the chase for the Champions League final or the Champions League uh, spots for next season. And dress rehearsal for Thursday's cup final. Hand on heart, I, I can see Leipzig winning that, but I think Dortmund will be happy with the win yesterday. Yeah, it was obviously a bit of a topsy-turvy game. Um, I must admit, when when it went to 2-0, I was actually telling a lot of my mates that, yeah, I can't see RB Leipzig scoring here, and lo and behold, a minute later, they actually scored from a corner. Um, so, yeah, I think what, certainly one of the things that has um, held Dortmund back this season is, of course, their Achilles heel in terms of they're defending. Um, obviously, Huang, um, who got a rare start actually for, for RB, showed great pace and strength to get beyond Hummels for their second goal to, to lay it on a plate for Danny Olmos. And good work from him. Um, obviously, we, and we've seen some great work from Edin Terzic as a standing manager, really, of Dortmund so far uh, this season. So I'll, I'll throw another couple of questions your way, Fergal, in terms of how Dortmund might. Uh, approach next season do you think that a um obviously the kind of main area to address is defensively for Dortmund and then b do you think that Terzic given the fact that he's done a really good job more or less given the hand that he was dealt should stay within the club or do you think he might go elsewhere for a for a head coach job yeah well a hundred percent that they've got to sort out that defense 
yeah, um, the forwards have carried the team all all season. The severe lack of pace that was exposed on Friday night's game. So that's Marco Rosa's first job is is to sort sort out the defence. I suppose moving forward, he's, you've got three players who are going to be the top of any team's buying list for next season. Uh, Haaland, Jordan Sancho and possibly Jude Bellingham, but it's probably a couple of seasons too early for him. So I think that's another thing he needs to do is kind of tie those down to improve longer contracts if that's possible. And yes, Eden Tezic, Listen, he's done enough to get uh, a head coach job out elsewhere. There's going to be quite quite a few vacancies in, in the close season. Whether mm. he wants to, I, I think he fully deserves it, based based on his performance since he, he stepped up to the role. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Paul, actually, obviously, as a Manchester City fan, you would have seen um, Dortmund closely on two occasions and probably, you know, obviously gave, gave you a bit of a scare in a time when they weren't playing at their best, I guess. Um, obviously, what do you think about the side going forwards um, for a start? Do you think they'll have enough to win the DFB Pokal? Obviously, they were top. If they got top four and then won the cup, that's not a bad season, really, all in all. And then were there any particular areas that you saw in those two games where you thought they they desperately need addressing? Yeah, well, I, I think you know, as you, you've both touched on there, going forward, they, they would scare anybody. Um, you know, they, they, they've got so much firepower in them. Um, for me, what, what I did notice, um, like you say, is defensively, and it's not because they're, they're gambling too much going forward, and you know, they're, they're putting all of their effort. Seems like we've uh, we might have lost Paul there for a, for a moment. Um, so whilst he's kind of sat there frozen for a minute, we'll uh, we'll kind of touch on RB Leipzig a little bit then, Fergal. Um, and obviously, said you you know recognise that a few people um, were potentially rested over over the weekend uh, for, for their big clash against. Uh, against Dortmund. Do you think this kind of messing around with this kind of false nine position and not necessarily having a target strike partner in terms of Paulson and Solov, haven't quite done it. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's something they need to address going forward? Well, no, I think it, it's uh, it's one of the striking features of kind of modern day football and probably Paul's Man City are the kind of main proponents of it. Is, is this no centre forward? It seems to be one or two of the coaches, that's their kind of preferred uh, team lineup. So I, I think it, it's worked for them this season. I'm, listen, nobody really expected them to give Barner kind of a run, really. So I don't know. I think it, it's, it's worked out for me and it's something to, to pursue, really, yeah. Good stuff, Paul. Do you now that your uh, internet seems to have behaved itself? Do you want to introduce the next game? Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, so the next game, obviously, as we mentioned, is uh, Bayern Munich six and uh, Borussia Dortmund nil. Um, so obviously, you'd think that that Bayern would uh, perhaps consider going into this one with um, less intent to win it. You know, the the party could have already started for them, but it wasn't like that at all, was it? They got to a blistering start. 
That they did, yeah. Um, and obviously they kill, killed the game early on uh, against a fairly informed Gladbach side um, who, you know, showed some some attacking intent. We've seen Chiram and Plie uh, hit some OK form as well, which has been nice to see. Um, but they completely dominated the game from from start to finish. Um, and obviously, uh, Mr. Mr. Lewandowski is is charging after that um, that record, Gert Muller's record of forty goals in a season. Um, straight over to you, Fergal. Right, he's got two games to get. What was it two goals now to, to I, beat I, I the record? Think he, he scored three on Saturday. I think yeah. Is it one to equalise it and two to beat it? But listen, that that was such a one-sided game. Lewandowski scored in the second minute. He could literally have had a half-trick after 16 minutes. He missed two headers on any other day. He probably scored those. He got his hat-trick in the end. Won a wonderful second goal. That kind of volley from the kind of left side of the penalty box after a great chip pass from Thomas Moore. And the third goal is customary penalty. Very harsh penalty on Neuhaus. Yes, but very harsh. At, at that, it didn't matter. It was 4-0 at that stage. And then rounded up by Leroy Sané, um, 85th minute goal, who probably's probably just warming up at this stage. He's only kind of been a bit, bit part player of the season. So I suppose you will see even more from him next season. But yeah, it was... A really poor performance by Milton Gladbach. As you touched on, they were in relatively good form coming into the match. But I, I don't think, I cannot remember them having one genuine attempt at goal. It was, it was like, yeah. yeah, it was like watching Shark all over again. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Buying other champions, yeah, I think we have to say, you know, they completely deserved it. Not, you know, nine in a row is quite a, an outstanding feat and achievement. Um, so many congratulations to the team and the, and the squad of players. Fergal, in terms of your opinion on on kind of German football teams gone by and, and maybe some of the Bayern champion teams, like if you were to grade this team like from, you know, from outstanding or like out of a... Uh, out of ten, in terms of the season they've put together, what what kind of score would you give them? Because to me, they've been going along in a nice third gear for most of the yeah, season. Yeah. That's kind of been enough. Yeah, they really haven't had to get out of third gear, have they? They that kind of blip around February time when I think they were conceding early goals and they took some two or three games to come came back from two 0 down, perhaps three 0 at one. One occasion, so they they're ha they haven't been in the best of form, but they didn't really have to be. No, Leipzig were close for 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 a time, but listen, the the past four or five games, there's been no real pressure on them at all. Given their exit from the Champions League to quarter final, they'll probably from the fact that they're not in the Pokal final, they'll probably look at it as one of the least successful of, of the kind of nine season, but have been head and shoulders above any other team. Yeah, but, and a yeah. question for you both, actually, because it's interesting to get perspective, certainly from Paul looking outside in and, and yourself, Fergal. With, with the moves that we've now seen, obviously we, we've seen Nagelsmann uh, now go over from RB and into Bayern, and we've seen them sign Upamecano, who in theory is their strongest defender from the second best team in the Bundesliga. Do you think, uh, we'll start with you, Fergal, and then we'll go on to Paul. Do you think it's healthy for the league 
to kind of see this kind of stripping of the next best team of their kind of key components. Obviously, we kind of saw it with Dortmund a few years ago and that team get torn apart a little bit. So just your thoughts on that, really, Fergal, to start with. Oh, yeah, they're, they're the grand masters, aren't they, of uh, <laughs> taking resources from, from other teams, either getting players like Leon Goretzka on, on a free or paying probably well below the kind of European transfer fees for for other players. No, it's 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 not healthy at all. But listen, if if, if you want to get some winners' medals, I'm afraid that's the team you, you've you've got to go to. Yeah. So you can see them turning anyone's head. Yeah. Um Paul, your thought hopefully we won't jinx you and you'll freeze this time. <laughs> yeah, um, that's touch wood. Um I, th- I I I agree. I don't think uh, it's healthy for the league. But then also, how do you combat it? They're they're very um, clever, you know, in, in the sense that, like Fergal says, they don't ever tend to pay large fees for a player. They got Leroy Sane for well, it was about fifty million euros in the end with all the add-ons and such. But he he'd already run down his contract, and for a player who was in such great form when he was at City before he got the awful injury, you know that. That's only a snip of his actual market value. And and, and like Fergal touched on before as well, um, with Sane in particular, he's only just warming up. He's still of a good age and he's only going to get better. But from, from Bayern Munich's point of view, it's smart business. How do other teams compete with that? How do they um, prevent players um, from, from leaving and going to Bayern Munich on a free? And, and how do you keep the, the, the league competitive? It, it, it would require... Um, some sort of I don't know maybe even constitutional change to to try and balance the power I don't know how you uh, how you would address it but it's not help healthy for the league we see it in other leagues anyway you know Juventus have you know have made uh, careers out of it and same because uh, to a lesser extent probably said of uh, of PSG though their market reaches so much further with the the resources they have um, I don't know how you how you would deal with it if you're a fan of any other club. Um, except by Munich, um, but uh, it, yeah, it's it's not healthy for the league. Very much so, but end of the day, yeah, Bayern are champions, very well done to them, um, but we shall move on anyway. So yeah, the third game we're going to cover is, uh, Paul? It's uh, FC Cologne's uh, defeat to Sport Club, Sport Club Freiburg, uh, 4-1 in the end. Um, probably a, a disappointing result, I say, uh, for Cologne fans. But uh, maybe you want to talk us through how this uh, how this unfolded. Well, it's a very interesting one. This because obviously today, uh, as we're recording on Sunday, obviously the show comes out on a Monday evening. Um, it was kind of relegation Sunday, wasn't it? A lot of teams involved in the relegation battle um, were were playing on Sunday, and and we started off with Cologne hosting a team that didn't really have anything to play for. And that's exactly the reason why certainly me and Mark in, in the preview show, in our prediction show, went went for a win for Cologne. Um, Captain Fantastic Hector had been kind of pulling them through the mud a little bit at a time where we thought they were pretty much gone. Um, but yeah, this felt like a big game for them. And obviously we'll go to a key point and, and come over to you, Fergal, at, at a time where they've got themselves back into the game and win a penalty and Andre Duda slips and then and, and knocks it over the bar. That I mean, is that is that the season? Is that Cologne's moment gone? Listen, the next game is against Hertha, so that that is a must must win game now. Yeah, if this wasn't a four one game, it could have 
easily been too old for. Listen, Freedom Funker must be pulling his hair out. Those two Freiburg goals were dreadful defending for both both goals. They got back into it straight after half time. They brought on uh, his name slips my mind. Uh, Jacobs, I think it is. Yeah, the substitute that came on in half time set up the cross for the first goal. Then went got the penalty for the second one. And I suppose yeah. it remind me of John Terry's miss in the, that Champions League final when he kind of slipped. I, I think the penalty went to video assistant referee and it must have been delayed for three or four minutes. So I'm sure there's, God knows what is going through the player's mind at, at that stage. I thought it was a penalty straight away. I didn't know why the video assistant asked the referee to go over and have a look at it. It's very rarely... The ref goes over, has a look at it, and upholds his original decision. Thankfully, mm. he did in this case. But yeah, two all. If they got back into it, two all, they could have easily won it. But yet, yeah, then they threw everyone in attack and conceded two two late goals to, for a four one home defeat. This was after Freiburg losing three 0 to Hertha during the week. They obviously didn't do the fellow relegation candidates any favour. But I I think it's the next game. Hearts away, a must-win game, perhaps, if they win that. And then they've got Schalke time the last eight seasons. So that's a three points give me. So we, we shall see. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, this will probably be the only um, relegation game that we touch on in, in the featured four. So, um, Fergal, I mean, I, I do like to put guests on the spot. So, it, I mean... With obviously two match days to go, and we've got obviously Schalke gone, Cologne holding that second automatic relegation spot, and, and Bielefeld after the draw with Hertha in in the playoff play. So, do you think it'll stay stay as is, or do you think Werder obviously their form is horrific? Yeah, yeah Werder got a, a draw yesterday, so it was probably one point game. I think Hertha uh, Hertha's next game is Schalke. And yeah. midweek, you kind of rearrange fixture, assuming they win that, they put more distance between themselves and Cole. So, as I say, when Cole go to the Olympic Stadium, it's a must win game. If they don't win that, it's, it's game over. So, yes, it's it's probably the as it stands, the bottom two, and Armenia Bielefeld in their kind of relegation promotion playoff. Yeah. As a fortunate Dusseldorf fan, that Cologne is a great stadium, wonderful city, and great fans, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over being relegated. <laughs> and it just means two more derby games next season. So very true. Very true. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll move on to our, our fourth and final featured four game. Yeah, so it's uh, Wolfsburg chasing down, uh, well, looking to cement their place in the European spots. Uh, they beat uh, Union Berlin 3-0 at home. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's looking all right for them at the moment. And uh, I guess, we, you know, where to start with this? Should, uh, should Wolfsburg be looking over the shoulder for Dortmund with two games to go? Or do you think they'll be able to hold on to third? You can catch that third up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, turn listen, that they're more or less guaranteed top four position, whether it's thir- third or fourth. I think they've secured the Champions League spot for next season. So, yeah. 
job well done for them. Yeah, it's been an impressive season put together by Wolfsburg. Um, me and Mark uh, have often touched on how they've been a bit nitty gritty here and there, but obviously the, they've been well led, um, obviously by by Veghorst up front and and the kind of quick, exciting players we see around him in the, in the show in the shapes of Baku or Mbabu. But it was uh, it was actually another source uh, of goals and um, three of them, obviously a fine hat trick. Well, the second one was obviously a fortunate deflection um, for Josip Brakalo. Um, so yeah, he put put together a fine performance in a game where Veghorst was actually quite wasteful. So Fergal, um, I mean, I actually thought this would be a closer game than it was, given the fact that only on a and obviously a dangerous team still had small ambitions of maybe getting that sixth spot. But uh, yeah, it, was a, it looked like a comfortable win in the end for Wolfsburg. Yeah, yeah. I think, listen, Union have had a great season. It's probably finishing. They're not going to get that for that coveted European spot. So I think Wolfsburg had a lot more to play for. And as you say, with that kind of tacking power, you normally rely on Vag course to get the goals, but it was somebody else yesterday. Yeah. And um t- touching on obviously the the man who who has led them on this very impressive campaign, obviously in the shape of Glasner. Um we've seen a lot of uh, managerial merry go round in the last month or two. Um and his name is is hot on a lot of people's lips and um, potentially going back over to uh, to Salzburg um, to manage them in the in the vacant spot there, or potentially uh, nipping over to Frankfurt instead. Um, yeah. Do you think all, all these whispers have potentially disrupted? Obviously, Wolfsburg's form hasn't really dipped too much, but they, they've had a, a tough run in, and, and whispers about managers certainly can't help. And if you take the example of Frankfurt. I mean, that's really hurt them. So are you impressed with maybe the steel that Wolfsburg have shown in recent weeks? Yeah, it definitely. I think coming into today, uh, Frankfurt had lost three of the last four games since Adi Hutter and, and Nancy's departure. Equally so, you look at kind of Borussia Mönchengladbach. They went through a, a really bad run of form when kind of Marco Rosa announced his departure. So, yeah, I don't... I, don't think it helps, especially when the managers actually announce their departure in the middle of the season. But yeah, Wolfsburg have had a really good season. They haven't let the kind of managerial potential changes kind of affect them in any, any way. Yeah. Yeah, they have put together a very impressive uh, performance in the season so far. Um, and obviously, ju- just to touch on Union, obviously in terms of their in terms of the match, they, they you know had a few chances. The hat trick hero of a few weeks ago, uh, Paul Jampo, uh, missed a few good chances actually. Uh, I think he kind of slipped a few times when striking the ball um, with a few chances. But uh, they, I mean, they put together an incredibly impressive season obviously the you know the best team in berlin as it as it stands seeing their uh well not their great rival shall we say in, in the form yeah. of hurt and struggling at the other end so just that, any thoughts Fergal, on what you've seen from union are you a fan of the way they play and and the way that they've uh, kind of gone about this season yeah yeah definitely listen they're given that it probably with all the fans in the stadium it was probably the kind of one of the most intimidating venues to play in the Bundesliga. So the Geisterspiel's obviously taken a lot of a lot of weight away from their home performances, but they've done really really well, and they've strengthened their position in in the Bundesliga. So 
they're probably here for a few more seasons to go and could potentially, unlikely, but possibly be the only team from Berlin in next season's Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah. yeah very true. And uh, who knows, a potential uh, what, a Europa Conference League spot? I mean, who knows what this third competition is yeah. going to be like next season or, or how it's going to shape up, but they could have a yeah. European tour on their hands. Yeah, I, th- I think they were in Europe once before when they lost that... Uh, I think they lost the Pokal final to Schalke, perhaps. And Maybe. they ended up in Europe ooh, 20 years ago now. I don't mm-hmm. think it went very well yet, but yeah. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Does um, anyone really want to get in, in into that third-tier European <laughs> competition? Wow. Yeah. No, I mean... Who knows what? Yeah, it's even how it's even put together. I've not done too much research on it, but you know, if they lo and behold, if it falls to them, they can maybe win a trophy. That that would still be good. Um, but anyway, so that that kind of brings brings to a close the the featured four section in terms of the the match analysis. But uh, obviously, before before we let Fergal go, um, just want to talk to you and ask you a few questions, um, Fergal. Obviously, about your uh, about your fanzine and and. First easy question is where it all kind of uh, came from, and, and do you want to just tell us a little bit about kind of how you came about to, to create? Yeah, listen, I've, I've spent many years ago. I've kind of spent one summer in Dusseldorf, and I've kind of followed the fortune of Dusseldorf ever since then. I've always had an interest in kind of German football. The last couple of seasons, I brought my two boys over. We used to go over two, three times a season. Being, being to quite quite a few grounds so I've all, always loved it like they're kind of in the stadium and outside the stadium the fan experience there's so much for especially kids really to, to enjoy com- compared to the Premier League got season tickets at Everton so and there's always features like the Bayern Munich the Dortmunds they were always catered for but there was very lack of kind of reporting of all even other Bundesliga teams never mind going down to the lower leagues and in the English median I'd always read magazines like Nutmeg the Blizzard these football times quality kind of long-form football journalism so I thought I'm not saying half fear is anyway equivalent to them but I always thought there'd be some form of kind of interest out there for a German a fanzine on uh, German football, obviously, Elf Meter were, were did that twenty years ago, but since, since the, their departure, the, there hasn't really been anything around for foot, football fans. And I always wanted it to kind of be in the printed form. That was the main aim. So March, yeah, March last year, issue one came out, and three days later, we kind of went into. COVID, so it, it would have been in lockdown ever since. So it's it'd be nice to publish the kind of first issue post post COVID when hopefully everyone will let back into the stadium next season. Yeah, absolutely. Very much looking forward to being able to to get out to Germany and see a few games once once we're out of things. Um, so obviously, uh, it's not just Bundesliga that you cover in the fanzine. Then is it Fergal ones? Uh, adding to that, what what exactly about German football kind of you know, br- brings you back every week? Is it, as you mentioned, the fan experience or are, are there other elements as well? 
It's it's probably it's a lot of things that ease to get tickets. The fact that you can go over maybe for a, a Friday to Sunday and see three potentially four four games. The ease of kind of getting around between the stadiums, say the, the fan experience. The fact that other than the Bundesliga, you can easily get a terrace ticket. The fact that you can kind of bring a beer in, into the football ground and you're kind of treated like an adult. Yeah, so it's, it's a really enjoyable experience. But as I say, yeah, Harvey, we do feature the Bundesliga teams, but we like to kind of give a lot more time to lower league teams, teams that kind of don't don't get a proper airing it. Especially, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, it's obviously it's an excellent read, and you know, it's it's for for an English speaking audience. I think we we can testify that there there seems to be more of a um, a popularity thing going around with the Bundesliga at the moment. With certainly the, with a lot of guests that we've touched um, bases with, uh, UK based. Uh, obviously, um, Fergal, I'm, I'm going to take an assumption saying that you're you're from uh, in and around the the area of Ireland or Northern Ireland. Um, yeah. But um, so yeah, it's been it's been obviously an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, uh, is there anything else you want to, to maybe add? Obviously, shall, shall we drop in again the, the Issue 6 uh, release yeah, date? Yeah, I, I, Issue 6, hopefully back from the printers end of next week. And a couple of days to get them all pa uh, packed up and everything. So all subscribers and people who've kind of bought copies of Issue 6 already, they'll, they'll be dropping within letterboxes within a fortnight, hopefully. Brilliant stuff. Any, uh, I was saying, any, on tissue seven. Any no sneak previews of what's going to be in either of them? Yeah, issue five was a kind of DDR special. All the articles were on like kind of informer DDR teams. This is back to more general issue. There's a lot from Schalke to VFB uh, Lubeck. Really, some really good historical articles on the football team in Prague who were in the first German Cup final and also out end United tour to Berlin in 1910. So, yeah, it's a wide range. There's something in there for everyone. Sounds very wide range indeed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we'll bring we'll bring featured four to a close then. Obviously, um, thank you very much for your time, Fergal. Really appreciate it. You've been a top guest, and as I mentioned, uh, if you don't already um, follow uh, Fergal, you can find him on Twitter. Just search Halbvier Fanzine or type in at Halbvier UK. And of course, if you want to to get on to the fanzines, any of the previous editions or even the newly drop-in um, issue six, just go over to halbvier.bigcartel.com uh, and I'm sure you'll be able to find all the details there. But uh, yeah. yeah, thanks That's very much for your time, Fergal, yeah. and we'll catch you soon. Yeah, nice to meet you guys. Take care. See you. Good night. Take care. Excellent stuff. That oh, well, that was absolute delight to chat to Fergal there. Um, really interesting stuff yeah, about the fanzine. Um, obviously, I, I'm going to have to subscribe myself now and, and get on all these magazines uh, to get on to all the uh, issues and catch up. But uh, yeah, better, better go back to um, 
Bundesliga business then, uh, Paul, and we'll round off the rest of the game, shall we? Yeah, so there's been a, a couple of uh, games with quite a lot riding on them this weekend, uh, no less so than uh, Hertha Berlin versus Arminia Bielefeld. Um, in terms of scores, though, it drew a blank, but the significance of the result shouldn't really be understated, should it? Um, you know, it's two teams with a, a lot at stake at the bottom end of the table. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, one of those games that perhaps didn't quite deliver up to the uh, to the hype. Um, Sunday afternoon games in the Bundesliga generally do kind of pull in these sort of uh, drab um, affairs, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously it was huge for both teams. Um, probably, if you can say, less pressure on Hertha because of the results they picked up in the in midweek. Um, you could see that Hertha were a tired team. Their, their legs were very much gone. There wasn't much goal goal mouth action. Um, I think uh, Cordoba hit the post in the first half. Um, but as far as testing Ortega in net, uh, he's a top keeper anyway for Bielefeld. I think they felt quite comfortable. But again, from Bielefeld, it, it felt like a lot of, yeah, a lot of huffing and puffing. But yeah, no end um Knowing products, Stoan was lively, but didn't really uh, do the business. And and Fabian Close has just not really here. Straps in the Bundesliga this season, the the Bielefeld captain. So yeah, nil nil. Um, more useful. Do, do, do you, Sorry. Yeah, God. I was going to say. Do, do you think uh, perhaps with that 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 Bielefeld will feel that it was two points dropped, or do you think they'll be pleased to come away if you'd offer them a point before kickoff? Um, if you, well, yeah, I mean, if you'd offered Ber Berlin a point before kick, I think they would have taken it. Bielefeld, yeah. maybe not, but obviously they're they're on 31 points along with Werder and Hertha Berlin, and it's obviously all down on goal difference. So it's so incredibly tight. Um, as Fergal mentioned, the the game against the game of Cologne and, and Hertha at the weekend is going to be is going to be massive. So. Uh, it's anyone's guess at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, another one I just want to pick up on uh, whilst we've got time is uh, Frankfurt and Mainz because and a lot of people were, were picking out Frankfurt as being potential uh, Champions League uh, qualifiers for next season, but uh, it's not looking that way now. Um, do you think uh, they'll be satisfied though with, with a, a European spot, albeit the Europa League? Um, so again, so this stems back to um, uh, kind of a point I was just talking with Fergal about with regards to managerial merry-go-rounds and managers or head coaches messing up their, their kind of team, their current employers. And uh, this kind of speaks to me with regards to Adi Hooter's exit at Frankfurt. The team are going all guns blazing, probably the form team in the Bundesliga. They had a few um, areas where they tripped up on a slightly uh, harder um, run in, especially in and around uh, early April sort of time. But I mean, if it surely it can be kind of held back until the end of the season with with them going for what would be a very rare kind of appearance in the in the Champions League, they've been fired, you know, in. in all, in all kind of aspects, forward by uh, the brilliant Andre Silva, and a lot of players have had a fantastic season. It's a really good base that they've got. But yeah, since that's happened, they've they've lost games um, and they've looked a bit nervy, a bit edgy. They know that there's a lot riding on this, and right now it looks like they're going to be the um, 
the team that misses out. Um, Dortmund look too too hot. Wolfsburg have got a real steal about them as well. Um, so I, at the moment, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but Frankfurt look like they're going to miss out. Yeah, yeah, no, it certainly seems that way. And I suppose really um, for Dortmund's case, you know, since they lost that first leg in the Champions League against Manchester City, they've won every game domestically. So, you know, they've, they've got City to thank for giving them a wake-up call, I guess. Um, <laughs> just thought I'd get that plug in there. Yeah, of um, <laughs> Obviously, Stuttgart 2-1 against Augsburg. Uh, quickly touching on that. Um, what, what do you make of that? How, how do you think either team will feel about that result? Uh, well, yeah, very much amid... Um mid-table sort of game although obviously Augsburg are not out of trouble um they are obviously just just two points above Hertha Berlin obviously if Hertha Berlin win their game in hand they're up in theory down into 14th so they're not out of the lurch at all um it was an interesting game um obviously Stuttgart would be happy with with collecting another win and, and some more some more points I thought they played quite well actually Stuttgart um had a good few chances um for forced to kind of jump jumps on the first goal and um Augsburg reacted okay and and we're lucky really to, to kind of come back into it as Niederlechter was completely you know uh, anonymous for the entire game got on the end of a of a good kind of deflection and was able to nod home from close in to make it 1-1 you're thinking they've got to really kind of spark a bit of reaction there for Augsburg and and come back into it but um after that, it's it's that man again, Kalajic for um, for Stuttgart, adding to his uh, vast array of headed goals. I think he's now got the most headed goals in the Bundesliga for any, for anyone this season. He is an absolute unit in the air. So he he kind of wins the first um, flick on, which is well kept in by Sherlinoff, who kind of pokes it perfectly back in, and and uh, Kalajic won't miss a header from that close in to make it two one. And they probably should have made it three one when they broke late on. Um, so yeah, Augsburg. We, me and Mark have always said uh, on the show previously they always know how and when to get a win to keep themselves out of trouble. But just recently, they've been losing those sort of games. Like Friday night is exactly the sort of game where I thought they'd turn up, get a win, then that's them done. Like pretty much safe for for the rest of the season. Um, but they they are now been drawn back into it. Obviously, the form of all the teams below them has not helped. It's not helped Verder as well, who are on this complete collapse in terms of their form as well. So, I mean, they're not out of it. I mean, I would strongly suggest that they'd be, it'd be a shock if they came in the relegation, uh, sorry, in 17th for a relegation spot outright. If their form really drops, maybe they'll end up in that 16th uh, spot in terms of relegation playoff place. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So I would say, you know, just gut instinct at the moment. If, uh, if we're, we're talking about between Hertha Berlin and uh, Arminia Bielefeld in, in that playoff spot, for me, I, I think that character-wise, Bielefeld would actually have the you know the ability to to face that challenge head-on and would stay up as a result of the playoff. Whereas I think for a team like Hertha Berlin, when you watch them play, I think that they maybe don't have the the, the same strength of character and that uh, they might actually you know fall into the well, so to speak. Uh, I mean, that's just gut instinct at the moment. I mean, there's no real logic about that. You just, <laughs> something you sense, isn't it? It's uh, when you've got a feeling for these sort of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think there was just a couple of other nil-nil games. Uh, well, one other nil-nil game at the weekend, um, which was 
Um, Verda managing to kind of end their horrendous run um, and get a crew, well, a good point against Leverkusen, who have been in decent form actually. Um, again, not not much to the game. Um, there was a disallowed goal in there and a late red card for Verda as well. But important point overall. Um, obviously, again, looking at the table. Obviously, just hovering above Bielefeld on goal difference is not where they wanted to be uh, last season. Obviously, they kind of went on a late run to get themselves out of trouble. Um, unfortunately, it's a bit too late for that sort of a run now with two games to go. Well, obviously, all they can do is win their next two and hope that it's enough. Um, but the form that they're in, it, really struggling to see them collecting more than you know a couple of draws i mean they might scrape a win um haven't looked forward actually to their fixtures yet so we'll have to see but uh yeah they are struggling by the looks of it mm. Mm. so so i think i mean the only other game that we haven't touched on i think is the hoffenheim four schalke two uh plenty of goals but like you mentioned you know schalke are already down and hoffenheim not not necessarily uh got much to play for so no, it was a good. Uh, it was a good game actually. Um, obviously, Schalke managed to get themselves a two-goal lead. Amazingly enough, not not one that you probably would have predicted. Uh, uh, the um, former Arsenal defender Shokran Mustafi uh, popping up for a rare goal. Well, his first goal actually in in Schalke colours. It was actually a nice header from a corner, um, adding to their first goal. Going in at halftime, two 0 You're thinking. Bit of you know a bit of sunshine, a bit of light for those poor Schalke fans who have endured a terrible season. It's been very depressing for them all. Uh, obviously, Greg, who we've had on the show, I'm sure would have been cursing his luck uh, whilst watching the, those 20 minutes after halftime unveil as Kramerich led the way. Um, an impressive spell of football, actually, starting with his free kick, making it to uh, two one corner. 2-2 two, two, uh, and then the two two following goals uh, came very quickly as well. Bart, Baumgartner, um, a header from a long free kick again. like Someone like of his size and stature thinking shouldn't be scoring headers. Uh, and then Babu um, was able to finish off a nice team goal to make it 4-2. So, uh, um, yeah, a good win for Hoffenheim. Um, another morale-sapping, uh, soul-destroying loss. For uh, for Schalke, who yeah, will ju- just obviously want the season to end as soon as possible. Um, they'll be pleased to say that they well, I was about to say they've only got two games left, but of course they've got three because they've got to play her to Berlin still. Um, so can can they have a say in in the relegation race? Can they do a number on Hertha? Can they help out all their other fellow relegation strugglers? My theory is no, but we'll have to see um, in midweek. But I think that's it anyway for the football. Uh, it's been really enjoyable to have Fergal on and, and talk talk uh, Bundesliga and talk about this uh, very important match uh, match week uh, in the Bundesliga that I've seen. Bayern Munich crowned as champions. Uh, well done to them. Um, the race for the top four and uh, the relegation, relegation race uh, is set to continue uh, into the last two weeks. That's fantastic that we still got um, so much to play for. Um, Obviously, my thanks to, to Paul for, for stepping into Mark's shoes and doing a fantastic job. Um, very much appreciate you uh, helping out, Paul, and we were able to do uh, a very nice show. But we'll just um, finish off by doing the usual bits. This is Mark's bit, so apologies if I don't do it as well as he does. 
But um, yeah, if you haven't already, obviously subscribe to the channel. Um, please do so. Um, we're bringing out more content week on week on week. And as you can see below, um, please also visit the Over the Bar um, football.net website. That's got everything on it from all the articles, all the home pages for all the podcasts, and you'll see all sorts of breaking uh, stories and, and stuff like that on the website. So go check that out. And of course, if you haven't already, go uh, go drop us a follow on Twitter. It's at Over the Bar FB. Uh, you'll obviously see all the articles coming out on there as well, and all the links to the YouTube shows, including the League One show. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. So uh, Mark will be back whenever he decides to come back from his jollies. Um, so <laughs> it's goodbye from me and thanks very much, Paul. Cheers. Thanks for having me.